Hey to all you fish enthusiasts out there. Whether you're an avid angler or just curious about fish, we'd like to welcome you to Fish of the Week. I'm Katrina Liebick with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in Alaska. And I'm Guy Euro, an unaffiliated fish nerd. It's Monday, February 22nd, 2021, and we're excited to talk about all the fish. The Fish of the Week is the Dolly Varden. We have a special guest today, Matt Nielsen, who hails from Cold Bay, Alaska, and is the head of maintenance at Eisenbeck National Wildlife Refuge. Hey, Matt. Hello. So we always like to start with a little bit about the fish. And for someone who hasn't seen a Dolly Varden before, can you describe what they look like? Mm, in the spring, they can be a little darker and in the rivers. Um, when they come back in about June, they're, uh, they're bright and they've got very noticeable pink dots on them. And here they're everywhere, nearly every cast, probably 16, 18 inch average in length. And they're pretty good eating. Are there both Sea Run and resident dollies out on the Alaska Peninsula, and how do you tell the difference? Yes, we do have Sea Run, and they're uh, they're typically a brighter fish, blue or green back on them. And then uh, we do have a bunch of landlocked dollies as well. Um, they're pretty dark in color. Um, they get a real rusty look out here, but all of them share the uh, the same dots on them, um, pink to even an orange color. So it's pretty it's pretty noticeable what you have. So, Guy, like, how, how did that crazy name come about, the Dolly Varden? Yeah, I believe that these fish get their name from a Charles Dickens novel, uh, Barnaby Rudge. There's a character in this book uh, named Dolly Varden. She's known for wearing these bright, colorful dresses, spotted dresses. And people were catching these Dolly Vardens uh, down in California. And at one point, they just picked up the name Dolly Varden because they, just like this character in her uh, dress... They have these bright orange colors, these kind of cream-colored spots, and they are very vibrant, especially in the fall when they're going to spawn. Awesome. In Cold Bay and around Eisenbeck, are they a pretty popular fish for the community, both visitors and folks that live there year-round? They are quite popular to fish here starting in the spring. People go down, take their kids, take their family down to the creek. They're so plentiful here, it can make anybody seem like a professional fisherman. <laughs> they're in a lot of the streams in lakes everywhere so depending on the weather you can get to a, a nice spot or a calm spot yeah they're really after the uh the salmon row and so fly fishermen with uh, light light tackle do really well with them and um if you're into spin gear then real small spinners um you know it's it's pretty easy a lot of the fish are seasonal so when the bite's on you got to be there Hey everyone, one thing we want you to always keep in mind, regardless of what you're fishing for, is safety. Every week we're going to give you a tip or two that you can use to stay safe while you're angling. Last week we talked about keeping yourself warm on the ice by choosing proper clothes. Today I'm going to discuss another popular way of staying comfortable while braving the cold, ice fishing shacks. These shanties vary in their structure and complexity from essentially large tents to miniature cabins. Winds can be strong out on large lakes, and having a structure that acts as a break can do a world of good to improve your fishing experience. First and foremost, make sure that the ice you intend to traverse will support the weight of your structure and the vehicle you will use to transport it, especially if either is on the larger end of the spectrum. 
Many people also bring along space heaters to warm up the interior of their shack. If you plan to do this, make sure that your shanty is well ventilated so that carbon monoxide will not build up inside. This last note is especially important for people planning to design and build their own shacks. Okay, so Matt, you, you grew up around this area. What was that like when you were a kid fishing? I did. My entire life, I grew up here, you know, within a hundred mile stretch of this coast. Um, it's great. I've been fishing since, since I can remember. Everybody of all ages joins. We've been dragging, uh, I have three kids. We've been dragging them down to the creek since, since they were born, basically. Can you just describe kind of what the landscape looks like in that area of the state? Yeah, so a lot of it is um, is rolling hills, a tundra, some grass. You get down to the lowlands, marshes. Um, you know that's that's the grass and marsh mix there, and then uh, around the salmon streams. Um, you know it's pretty fertile areas, so there'll be berries, including uh, salmon berries and some mossberry stuff in the in the tundra, and then it'll just go to alder thickets in some areas. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's a beautiful place. Um, I mean, kind of the, you've got volcanoes out there, um, just, you know, low, low vegetation. It's quite a lovely place for sure. I'm, I'm curious real quick. Do, do you find when you're fishing uh, for dollies, are there usually a lot of other people out there when they're coming up following the salmon? Uh, cause I know when I was out in Anchorage working with Katrina uh, and you were fishing some of these urban streams or these streams near cities you'd be there with 50 of your closest friends trying to catch fish uh, based on the bite that you're telling me it sounds like lots of anglers would want to be out there but i'm not sure what the population's like are there a lot of people out on the water or do you usually have the streams to yourself well cold bay is um there's only about 50 resident people here year round and like i said there's dolly fishing is a little bit in the off season kind of before the salmon really are truly here so uh, we go down to the creek and there might be a family or a group of people fishing in one area, but go to another area and there's absolutely nobody. So it's, um, you can go to places that, you know, are nearly deserted and nobody's around. Definitely can't hear or see anybody else. And um, fishing nearly privacy uh, is really great. So thinking about that area of the state, you guys have a lot of bears out there. How do you enjoy the bears looking through the bushes at you while you're fishing? Oh, bears can be absolutely terrifying. They're, yeah, extremely quiet for how big they are. It's definitely always on your mind when you're outside. And, and in the spring, the bears are, they're mating. So they're not necessarily huddled up on the rivers, but uh, they're always around. And for the people who uh, aren't aren't up in Alaska, we are talking mainly about grizzlies, uh, correct? Not, not just black bears. Yeah, so here there are no black bears. It's all uh, just coastal brown bears, um, and they're massive. Yeah. Uh, absolutely massive down here. Some of the biggest in the world, right? I mean, kind of Eisenbeck area and Kodiak, probably in Alaska. What are some tips you have in terms of coastal brown bear safety for someone fishing the refuge or their surrounding community? What do you carry? What are you always thinking about when you're going out into bear habitat? Number one is situational awareness. Always, always pay attention what's around you. And as far as uh, carrying anything like that, um, people have had successful days just packing um, pepper spray or some kind of protection for or with a firearm. It's whatever people prefer. 
it seems to be effective, even down to air horns. So, um, you know, just pay attention. Right on. I'm curious if I, I assume that when the salmon start to come up into the rivers, that probably is paired with a little bit of a miniature bear migration down into the valleys, down into the rivers to be fishing as well. And it sounds like that's probably a good time to be catching dollies because they're also migrating to feed on uh, the the salmon that are coming in, specifically the eggs. Do you see more bears when uh, the salmon are spawning and the dollies are really doing good? Oh, yeah, there's a lot more bears. They'll start really... uh coming down to the creeks in probably July and then it uh it gets pretty furry down down around the stream <laughs> so try to keep it during daylight hours most of the bears you know the hottest part of the day the bears don't seem to be as active they're kind of seeking that shade but always remember that they're just that bush away from you so open areas middle of the day and just pay attention but most of them don't want anything to do with you anyways when you're there. So uh, we've had some trouble, but not a whole lot. So Matt, as always, it's fun talking with you and we're hoping to make it out that way soon. So thanks again for being on the show. That was great. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Okay, so that's a wrap, y'all. Um, this week's Fish of the Week is the Dolly Varden, a fish you can currently find in open water and under the ice out on the Alaska Peninsula. And we hope if you're listening, you find some time to get out and enjoy all the fish. And your mammal of the week, the coastal brown bear. Don't cuddle them. (laughs) Do not cuddle them. Thanks for listening to Fish of the Week. My name is Katrina Liebich, and my co-host is Guy Iro. This show is produced by David Hoffman of Citizen Racecar, assisted by Garrett Tiedemann and Kelsey Kors. Fish of the Week is a production of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Alaska Region, Office of External Affairs. As the service reflects on 150 years of fisheries conservation, we honor, thank, and celebrate the whole community, individuals, tribes, the state of Alaska, our sister agencies, fish enthusiasts, scientists, and others who have elevated our understanding and love as people and professionals of all the fish. <laughs>